Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We are here basic bitching for your ear holes yet again. Lucky you. Um, We just finished our first South by Southwest interview. Super excited for y'all to see um, a short called Puss. If you're going to go to South by, I, I I recommend seeing it. It's it's a uh, quirky, weird, and hilarious, and somewhat um, relatable for some people on this uh, on this basic. Jesus, how many times <laughs> you call me out? Well, I just kept thinking about you, Ange. I don't know. Thanks. I'm you're glad welcome. You're thinking of me. You're welcome. These opportune moments in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I realized after the last basic, because it was all about Megan and Harry, basically, basic. Um, there's some other stuff we didn't catch up on. First of all, I know Ange watched Nomadland. I don't know if you have yet, Char. I have not. Every time I, 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 I'm about to start it, I realize that I'm sleepy. So I was like, yeah, oh. don't. That's not the right time. <laughs> I need to. That is not. I need to wait. <laughs> I mean, let's. Shall we, And I don't want to give too much away. I mean, this could be a whole podcast about Nomadland. Um, no, I, well, obviously I loved it. I, I feel like I related to a lot of the nomad mentality. So that was, that was really cool um, that she had real nomads on the film. And that's mm. how she works. We had Chloe on for the writer and that's how she likes to work. She likes to work with real, you know, whatever industry she's portraying, she likes to work with people that are, that are within that world. And it just makes it feel so much more authentic. And um, it was emotional. It was an emotional. Um, and there's such a, I don't know, there's such a, a disconnect, but also a, a deeper connection mm. that, that she sh- that she shines a light on uh, your life as a nomad. You know, um, I, for me, it was the, the relationships you make with other people. It's just like when I travel, you know, if I, if I'm traveling by myself and I meet people for a week, sometimes my connection with them and the things that they know about me are so much deeper than, than people I've, you know, childhood friends, just because it's just so intense. Those moments you have with each other stripped away of titles and uh, bank accounts and, and all that shit. It's just, you're just left there. Just this, the, the rawest form of yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so you, you just get to know each other that much deeper so that that part I, I thought was really beautiful. Just that these people in passing that maybe you won't even remember their names, like have can have such a deep impact on you. Um. <laughs> yeah, I we just watched it. Well, I watched it for the third time yesterday afternoon. Um, I, there's something about the movie that feels like home. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's just because of the way that Chloe Zhao tells stories um, that I really feel like I relate to. They're just so quiet and personal. Um, and the cinematography always is mm-hmm. just like spot on. I mean, we've only, I've only seen the writer, um, but it's just the same capturing the beauty of, of America. God, that sounds really cheesy, but it's true. Um, it's just in the music and um, 
the score is gorgeous. Just the acting is just, it's so gentle and unassuming, but it's just so, it's just so good. It's like mm-hmm. what it's, it's a movie. And I'm like, I just keep going back to like every weekend. I'm just like, let's just put it on, <laughs> just put it on. I just love it. So, and I love Fern. Yeah. I mean, Francis McMahon <laughs> for the win. I just fucking love her. Uh, well, never mind. I was going to say something. I don't want to spoil it, but, um, I, she's just, she's someone to be reckoned with, man. Like she's, she's, she's number one in my book. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe face, we'll, yeah. Ever just, I well, love the haircut. Like I, I get it. I was like, yeah, I, I dig this. And there's not a lot of dialogue. There's not a lot of dialogue in Chloe's films. So their face, the facial expressions are really important. So that was really powerful too. And I, obviously we want to praise her for winning the golden globe. Yeah. Uh, one of, how many was it four women that were nominated I think so. uh, at the for the golden globe uh, best director which is incredible and now she's one of two which has never happened for the oscars and i think she's going to take it home it's so exciting and then it's like two asian asian filmmakers in a row if she wins mm-hmm. have one best best director right mm-hmm. um yeah i, I do want to tell people um there is a companion like podcast uh, that Jeff and I found actually, uh, our friend at casements, Jillian sent it to me. Um, it's the kitchen sisters who I feel badly never heard of them. I guess they're on NPR also. And one of the kitchen sisters, and by the way, their last name is not kitchen. So I, I don't even know their whole story about the title of their podcast, but one of them is based in San Francisco. Um, but uh, Jillian at Casements is like, oh, did you hear the Kitchen Sisters podcast with Frances McDormand? And I'm like, oh, they got Frances McDormand. Um, it's such a good podcast. It's it's Frances talking a lot about the film and just a lot of um, just kind of insider nerdy stuff about the film, which I, I appreciated. Um, and Chloe's on that, Chloe Zhao. Um, but it's but it's, it's a great companion piece if you're really interested in how the film was made. And I want to buy the book, actually, um, the book that it's based off of. Um, and it's a I think it's a New York Times writer who spent three years living on the road in, in her van and did all this research. And like most of those people are real people in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I could, I could do a whole Nomadland podcast <laughs> about that film. And I'm ready to buy the van and get the hell out of here. So. I was going to say, you can do uh, run the podcast and I'll live as a nomad and we can check in. Um, I don't know if I like that. Can we split it up six months and six months or something? No, but you okay. can join me. I hate you. <laughs> By the way, so Ange, you can't see this if you're just listening. Maybe, you know, we'll have this on, a, on, a, on our YouTube page at some point. Ange's background is the Bay Bridge. And the sun coming in on her. I mean, it looks like it's a real, like, Char, right? It is looks it real. Yes. Is it matching the sun. It's so bright. I was thinking of closing so the <laughs> It's like it your. This is not the Bay or the Bay Bridge. I thought you said Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, the Bay Bridge. Don't yell at me. I said Sorry. Bay Bridge. Okay. <laughs> but it's like she's on the news, you know, on ABC7. They have this, that background. Like, I feel like there are cars going behind you. Anyways, <laughs> right? It's hilarious. It's yeah, perfect. The, the sun, even across your uh, yeah. your beanie, it's yes. like the, the lighting goes, like the light line goes along with the photo. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's so weird. Sure. I mean, it's been a weird afternoon, y'all. So we'll take it. Um, so Nomadland and yeah, oh my God, the Oscar announcements, which I had no idea was today. All of a sudden I just saw like folks that we've had on the show. It's always been the independent spirit awards that we're like, oh wow, half of these people have been on bitch talk and we're always so proud of it. But now it's just, now it's, it's uh, the Oscars. I mean, um, from just off the top of my head, we have concerto as a conversation, yes. Chris Bowers, yeah, Chris we Bowers. just had him on for yeah. Sundance, uh, the mole agent, which the mole agent Aaron and I have raved about. We love it's love on Hulu. Y'all it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu and it's so wonderful. And we, watched it on a very emotional day yes it was uh almost over a year ago the day that kobe bryant died we watched the mole agent at sundance uh, and it was just wow it was really powerful obviously close out chloe zhao which we've already said um lakeith stanfield yeah is best supporting for judas and the black messiah yep um who else am i missing um oh steven young for oh, minari yeah. Yeah, is up. And I hope, you know, I listened to the podcast that we did with him and he's so lovely. I just forgot he's how so... wonderful he is. And really the nicest guy. Wasn't he just the sweetest man? He's just real s- simple. Like I think and the way that he talked about his fame, quote unquote, his fame. Um, I do think that he feels very blessed. I mean, he said it on the podcast, but I, I do think he's one of those guys that is just like, I'm really lucky and I, you know, I mean, he's so talented though, but he's just not, he's just not one of those egotistical dudes. Mm-hmm. He could be, he is real good looking. Um, that picture <laughs> Shar, that you, you had, which reminded me like, Oh my God, we have a picture with him. I was like, remember that coat, that coat was gorgeous. It was soft. He was great. Yeah. And he I just hugged it. Like, was he hugging you on the other side? He was hugging we me. Just, yeah. And he drank whiskey with us. And yeah. It's just real rad. I'm like, oh, the good old days. <sighs> that is what just, it made me miss being in the studio and having guests in the studio with us. You know, yeah. yeah. So yeah. sad. I know. One day, one day we'll get back there at some point. Um, June. <laughs> Yeah, June is going to be in a whole June. weekend. Yeah, let's do like book a whole week. Let's plan something for June. <laughs> I'm down. Uh, are there any others? Oscar? Oh, God, no, I'm blanking. Uh, I think those uh, are the main, but that's that's a good amount. I was, I oh, Crip Camp also mm, was yes. um, nominated. And we had those, those uh, filmmakers on um, back at Sundance last year. So it's exciting. Um I still need to see Minari. It's on the list. We'll see it. Um, but now it's South by Southwest time. So maybe, maybe after South by I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, maybe. well, this is like the year of virtual film festivals. Cause I'm looking at the calendar. I mean, you, you know, we that work calendar off, is ridiculous. We yeah. work off of this, this, uh, oh, shared I sheet. I'm scared. And like the first page is just, you know, film festivals that we've gone to, Ooh, in the past mm-hmm. you know and a couple that we've always wanted to just to put it and i mean like it literally is a festival every like two festivals a month <laughs> for the next six months mm-hmm. which isn't terrible but it's just like managing our fucking schedules 
That's just one after the other. Well, remember we were talking about, I mean, at the beginning of the year, we said, oh, well, maybe let's scale some stuff down and we're only going to do a couple of <laughs> a couple of drops a week. And then what did we do? We, it's like we have no room to just scale down that way. We have to, you know, put it put out at least two episodes a, a, a week of new content. You know, we, we haven't even had this was the first time visiting, you know, uh, uh, Steven on Friday was the was the first time we were able to even do a flashback Friday <laughs> since before Sundance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's a good it's a good problem to have. Exactly. Because, uh, we also have a lot of just random guests that Aaron's working on that we want to have on that have nothing to do with film festivals. So no, <laughs> we're trying to fit we're trying to fit it all in. And but that's that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad that we have all this shit going on. It's exciting. Yeah, it's, this is, this is the dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I feel like our, our, we, we're giving you interviews from film festivals, but really they're not just interviews about films. No, you know, we're just shooting the shit with someone who happened to have made a film and we're talk, shooting the shit about the topic of their film. You know, it's just, it's not like, tell me about lighting, you know, which is, yeah, no, no, no. People, but yeah, for those of you that, you know, might see a film festival interview, like give it a listen if you haven't yet, you know, because they're just, they're slam dance in particular was just really an epic group bunch of interviews that after each one, we were like, whoa, that was well, that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll, I'll forget the Sleeping Negro um, episode. And if you haven't heard that one, go back a few episodes um, with the director, writer, actor, all of the professor Skinner Myers. That was a deep conversation. But the conversations that Ange and I really love having with these filmmakers, because, yeah, film is film, but film tells a story. Um, one of my coworkers at my nine to five um, sent my team a, a G chat and she's like, Hey, I think we should do this thing where um, if you could give just, just off the top of your heads, maybe you guys want to play, play along. If you could give a five minute um, presentation PowerPoint presentation about something you're really passionate about, what would it be? And so one of my coworkers was like, I would do a five minute PowerPoint presentation on how important TV is to, I don't remember, to, to everyone, to, to society. And I'm like, I would do the companion, <laughs> companion presentation about how important documentaries are um, to society and for history, really, for history's sake. So what would you guys give a five-minute presentation to, about that you're passionate about? Hmm, that's tricky. It could be anything. Well, it's hard for me to say uh, passionate about this, but I don't know. The thing that comes off the top of my head is growing up Catholic mm. and how it hmm. sucks with you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's not what I thought of all things. No, that's, I love that, though. That's great. Sorry, it's, it's kind of been on, on the top of my head or on the top of my head. That might not be the phrase, but because Aaron and I, we didn't even really talk about this. We didn't talk about this on the podcast, I think, but we were part of this brainstorming session with Reimagine. Oh, we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, and this partner series called Table Talk, Table Talk series uh, that they want to start having a, a 
with diff- people from different cultures and it's talking about living and dying well within your culture. So this was Asian American and they uh, invited a bunch of past guests and, and other people, experts in their fields or whatever to come together and brainstorm. And there was a good, what, 40 others? 40 maybe? plus people, yeah. Uh, yeah. And this, so we broke off into different groups and just kind of talked about these questions that they, you know, pertaining to us growing up Asian American, whatever, whatever faction of that you were. And one of the questions was, um, if you, if you, what is one thing that you wish your neighbors, your friends, your family would understand about you? And for me, the first thing that came to my mind was how growing up Catholic will always affect me. And I'll, I will always, my initial instinct will always be guilt of some sort when it comes to making a decision about my life. And it's true. It's like guilt or doubt because of growing up you know, thinking that I should be guilty and feel wrong about certain things. So that's kind of stayed with me because I, I never really thought about it, but that was the first thing that came to the top of my head. And then we're sitting here in these, in these sessions, like deep diving into our answers. Like and Ange so- and I were not a part of each other's groups at all. Yeah. Like, and I, I didn't know for sure. And I wasn't for sure if I could like hop on. So it was just something like she and I were both on. We're like, all right, well, I guess we're both going to be here. Yeah. Not really knowing what we were going to be talking about. No. So you don't really prepare for these questions. Your preparation is you, your life. And <laughs> so they throw these questions at you and that came out and I was like, oh, so I've just been kind of marinating with that. <laughs> That's like a, it's like a weird speed dating that you don't know what's going to come at you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's some, it's something like what I participated in last year during black lives matter, but it had to do with like, and I talked about this a million years ago on a basic, but being brought together kind of randomly with a bunch of, um, uh, I don't know, not biracial BIPOC Asian folks, um, that were all kinds of different Asians, but obviously mixed. Um, and it was just, yeah, we all came together. We didn't do breakout groups like this one, I don't think, but you just like show up and it's like, it's like going to a conference obviously. And you don't know who's going to be there and you're not, you're not with anyone that, you know, and you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to do this. Um, but I thought the reimagine thing was really cool. And I want to get to Shar's five minute presentation. I'm not going to forget about you, Shar. Um, but it was really cool. It was all different ages, um, really intersectional in terms of all different types of Asians as well. Um, ages and Asians. <laughs> and yeah, my group was interesting and, and had a couple of women that were probably 60 plus. And then it was me. And then it was a younger woman who's like late thirties, um, who just happened to fall into having to take care of her mom all of a sudden who had a bunch of different health issues. And even though she had like her siblings and her dad around because she's the eldest daughter and she's South, uh, Southeast Asian, um, is expected to do all the stuff for her mom and make all the preparations and don't talk about death because it's bad luck. So mm-hmm. it, it was a really interesting conversation and um, cheers to reimagine because they're about to have another, I think, um, conversation in the next week or two. I don't know if I don't know if I can go, but um, I'm interested. Yeah. One other thing that was interesting that came up was this one of the girls that I was in a group with. Um, she uh, was born in Hong Kong, I believe, and then came here as a young kid, but then went to boarding school. So, uh, you know, obviously in boarding school, it was a majority white people that she was around, but she was an immigrant at home. So she said there's this term called parachute child, 
And that's like for somebody who, you know, is like a, a shift shaper, right? Like when she's in mm. boarding school, she's one thing, but when she's home, you know, with her immigrant family, then she, you know, leans into that side of herself. So, um, you know, finding a healthy balance between the two so you can just be fully yourself, you know? So we got into, we got into what that means in terms of like, you know, not having to hide certain parts of yourself or bury them because you're with these different people or, you know, just being you no matter where you are. So I thought that was really interesting too. I never heard that, uh, that term. Mm-mm. All right, Char, you're up. <laughs> Five minute PowerPoint presentation. I might change my mind too. That well, was the first I mean, obviously if it's, if I, if I'm going to, you know, give some kind of informational something that I know every, you know, that I know everything about it, it would be about like the world of media, radio, or podcasting. That's like, that's just like the easiest go-to. What am I, it's funny. Um, ever since I've been in the business, when people find out what I do, that's what I end up holding courts about for, you know, most of the time is because people are for some reason interested in oh you're in radio what what does that entail oh you're a producer what's that all about so i mean like i could easily with my eyes closed give a five minute and i'm passionate about it i love it i wouldn't be doing it god knows i wouldn't be doing it for the money (laughs) (laughs) money money. (laughs) but uh at the same time i mean it's uh angie's answer kind of sparked a good point is uh you know you know, growing up and it's me, it's like, uh, culture, uh, you know, culture and family and growing up the way that I did because of the, just simply for the fact that I run, and especially because, you know, growing up in California, growing up in San Francisco, and then also being in the industry that I'm at, a lot of people don't understand. It's kind of rare that we understand what I go through or what, what Ange is going through, or, you know, like, you know, like we were talking about this when um, when we had our kind of wrap up with Sundance with John and Justina, where we were all kind of we all have these kind of family obligations and all of that stuff. And all of us got that. But I find more often than not that people don't understand all the stuff that I do. They just, why do you do that? How come you're the one or how come you are willing to do that? How come you sacrifice that? And it, you know, it comes down to, you know, family and culture. And I think that's, I mean, that's very, that's something interesting that I think a lot of people probably don't relate to. I, oh, I come across Mm -hmm. a lot of people that don't relate to. So anyways, Mm -hmm. that would be a, that would be like a nice, if if I was going to do a quick, flash of hey let's educate somebody about something that they don't know about probably I thought of another one now oh here we go what's your next <laughs> what's your next what's your next five minute powerpoint presentation just, just tips on how to how to travel on a shoestring budget oh girl you should just fucking put that together in general yeah mm-hmm. that could be a whole other that could be a, another podcast yeah people wouldn't believe what i was able to travel on for a year <laughs> so yeah definitely that tips on mm-hmm. and how to stay safe and things like that well and to your point it's funny that you brought up the catholic church because i saw today that there's some statement that they're still not going to recognize is it lgbtq marriage I think it was just gay marriage gay marriage yeah gay marriage mm-hmm. because because, it's it's because god wouldn't approve of a sin <laughs> such a joke well they're also saying uh it's not it wasn't the pope it was there was wasn't there a a bishop or some diocese that was saying that we shouldn't um 
we shouldn't take the the Catholics shouldn't take the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Yes. Okay. So I my I went for um. So usually every Sunday just depends on weather and you know which family member has fallen ill for the week, um, or you, you know why they can't walk or whatever. Um, we'll go for like she takes my ass on long walks, which I really need. Um. But we were walking yesterday and she brought up the Johnson and Johnson thing about the abortion fetuses. And it's a whole thing with the Catholic church. And she's really good friends with like a, I think like the head of UCSF emergency medicine or something. And he's like, if they knew, like, this is just the standard for every kind of medicine or vaccine, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's not just Johnson and Johnson. If that's the thing, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, I heard that. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that was I didn't know that was a conversation. So, yeah. Speaking of vaccines, I, I made my first appointment for next. Wednesday. <gasps> oh, yeah. yay. Your bitches are going to be vaccinated. All of us. Yes. Bitches. Two of I three know. have gotten our first one, which is really exciting. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to let people know, even though more tears are opening up and hopefully more people have signed up. My sister, on the day that I got my first vaccine, because I'm, I'm my mom's caregiver, so I was able to get a, get a vaccine. On that same day, my sister uh, went to the pharmacy. You know, it's one of those uh, pharmacies that are inside of a Savon, or Savon's is SoCal. I guess Walgreens or whatever would be the equivalent. She went into her pharmacy. She knows them well. She's been going there for years. And she was like, hey, are you guys getting any vaccines? And they said, well, we are. Uh, but, you know, we're going to vaccinate our team first. But if we have any extras, we'll let you know. They called her later that day and she got a vaccine that same day. Mm. Um, so that's just not an outlet that a lot of people are taking. Everybody's going to these big things, which is great. But go to your local pharmacy and just ask. It does not hurt to ask. Oh, and, it doesn't. You, know, you may get lucky and you never know because those not everyone's going that route. So if you ask at the right time, you know, just yeah. just ask everywhere you go. That's all um, I'm saying. My uncle went to um, his hospital where you know, like they have a little clinic, their daily clinics, right? And he just went there at the end of the day and he was just like, I don't have an appointment, but I know that you also don't want anything to go to waste. So if there's just anything extra, I, maybe I could have an extra. And they were like, hold on. They left, came back and like, you get your vaccine today. <laughs> Holy shit. See? Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had my ass had to wait in line for over an hour with my fucking gimp knee. <laughs> oh, well, that, <laughs> that was, was fun. That was what uh, what happened. And so I went to Kaiser a couple of times and I was like this close. I like I walked in and I'm like, hey, do you have any extras today? And they like looked at me like it's going into her arm right now. <laughs> that happened to me the week before I was able to get my vaccine. So but um, I hear that Los Angeles is really tough to get appointments, though. I don't know. I'm technically in the county of Orange. Oh, that's right. Me. <laughs> I'm with all the uh, the recall Newsom stands. <laughs> so I feel Sorry. like this is my payback for having to live amongst this shit hey, every here, time I leave the house. They're in the city too, Ange. So they, they had a thing somewhere down here recently. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm really glad this is what you're putting your time towards. Yeah, it's yep. really effective. Yep. You're making a change. You yeah. people are making a difference. <laughs> fuckers time i still see i still see trump flags waving like yeah it's still a thing but yeah 
So anyway, one thing was easy this year and that was getting the vaccine. So it's good. Well, it's funny. I, I had a little bit of a panic. So, okay. So everyone that I knew last week was getting vaccines and they were all texting me about their vaccines and giving me the links. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have other stuff I got to try out first. Like not even, I'm not even thinking about the vaccine yet. I got some other stuff that are priorities, but cool. And then all of a sudden, um, this morning I got the text that I am eligible now. So I was like, okay, I guess it's time. So I go on to like the SF gov thing or whatever, my turn, whatever. Um, and, uh, they directed me to Walgreens. Fine. I go on to Walgreens. I thought I made my two appointments. And then I go back in, it's like, you're scheduled for dose two. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I need dose one. I mean, it was a whole thing. I was getting really mm. frustrated. So I tried to cancel the dose two. It never canceled. So I'm like, fuck it. So I just left it and then um, went back in. It's been a couple of tries today. And then I went back in and, and went to my healthcare provider at Kaiser. And I'm like, well, I don't know if this is going to work because they keep sending us emails about like, we don't have the vaccine. We're really low. Don't even try. I mean, and I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not first on the list at all. I have asthma, but I'm also like, I'd rather everyone else get it that really needs it than me. So I went in, but it was pretty easy. So I'm getting it through Kaiser. I couldn't even get into Moscone, which everyone else was able to get into Moscone. But it's so it's just a weird. This is a very interesting system. And I'm I'm sure the government and everyone else is learning a ton about how to roll this shit out, because I don't like I'm out of everyone. I sort of know I'm the only one getting it through Kaiser. I don't know if you did eventually. Shar, is that who you got it through? Uh, no, I ended up going to, uh, to the mass, to a mass site, but okay. Kaiser, but Kaiser is my, my healthcare place. And yeah, they are rolling every out. email, but every email is like, we don't have it. We don't have it. It's only for 65 and up. And I'm like, I get it. Sure. Well, I get it. Did you, uh, I don't know if you know the backstory with the whole Kaiser thing is the way they allotted it for the, I guess the way that California was allotted, allotting their vaccines is they were giving it to like a tier of, okay, these go to like all these other healthcare providers. Kaiser gets a big chunk, say like for lack of better math, it's like Kaiser gets 20%, you know, uh, North Bay gets 10% and then everybody else gets shares the rest. And Kaiser, but Kaiser, uh, 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 their membership is like 80% of the state or something outrageous. I can believe that. that. Yeah. And, and so that's why they were basically telling everybody, don't come to us. We're not giving, if you can find it somewhere else, go somewhere else. And then, um, I think it was in the last two or three weeks, basically the state went, Oh, okay. We see what's going on here. You can't take care of your people. Okay. We're going to like triple what we're giving you. So instead of getting like, 20% they were getting like 40% or something Mm. that's why out of nowhere everybody that's a Kaiser member is going oh my god let me make an appointment right now yeah I today I wasn't expecting it I was like I'm gonna get the runaround and then their site was really easy to maneuver not like Walgreens and um yeah so we'll see next week I don't even know which one I'm getting they didn't they weren't really yeah, I mean, I they don't, don't tell you until you until you get there. I, I don't think they have. I haven't seen them give out Johnson and Johnson yet, so it's going to be either Pfizer or Moderna. Yeah, so I know I know two people that got the Johnson and Johnson one in the city, and that's kind of I did want to get that one, but you know, bitches can't be picky about a vaccine for a pandemic. So 
I just right. in that one. So you don't have to do two, but whatever. Yeah. I, when I was making appointments for my dad, um, I was trying to, well, I was doing it. Um, I was trying to get him at a, like a mass vaccination site so that I could try to lift off of the extras, a sch- schedule him for like a 4.30 appointment at the end of the day and see what they had left over. And I was having a hell of a time trying to like, you literally would type in their information. And then when you hit, you know, submit, all of a sudden they're like, oh, sorry, gone. this is gone. Yep. And and then so uh, like, I think within a day or something, I went on Kaiser's website and they're like, oh, well, you can come in on Wednesday. <laughs> you know, like coming in a couple of days, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Well, I think it's just, it's worth mentioning that just four months ago in November, like we never would have thought four months later, we all would have either had our first shot or have an appointment for it. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think, you know, the, the Biden administration is, I don't think they're perfect. And I, I mean, they have a lot on their hands, but I want them to be doing more, obviously. But in terms of this vaccine rollout, like it is impressive how fast things have happened. And it's and, all free. And it's, and it's all, all free. free. And yeah, I mean, that that part, I'm like, okay, good. This is, you know. Well, I mean, like, I'm more looking- better than I thought it would be. I'm, I just, I just, I'm looking, we're recording on the 15th right now. And I'm realizing that this is the day that I was driving to LA right mm. when the, right when the shutdown fingers crossed, just like, Oh, let me, yeah. Like I, I, I jumped, I, I rented a car, was driving to LA for work. And once I pulled into Los Angeles County, uh, they were like, Oh, we're shutting down all, um, yes all restaurants and, 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 uh, yeah, everything's takeout. And so I remember going, uh, um, like, why am I here? And I spent three days in a hotel. <laughs> Shit. Was this, was it a year ago? When we were at the saloon. Remember? Jeff and yeah. I were just talking about that. That was a Friday. Before. One year ago. It was a sun. Well, oh, for us, God. it was, it was the oh, Sunday. No, oh, no. The Friday San Francisco before. closed on the, yeah. Yeah, uh, remember we all, all, all of us, we recorded a show at the studio on the 13th on Friday. Yes, and then we went up to um, the specs, but we had dinner at what's it called? Oh, that's Uh, right, uh, Tadachi. No, no. Tomasos, Tomasos, Tomasos. But it was empty when we went there, it was empty on a Friday, and and Tomasos is never empty. Uh, it's never empty on a Friday night, especially. Yeah. We had our final meal, and then that Sunday, we were at. Uh, well, we went to IKEA. We, we went to. We jammed to IKEA because that was because we're like, shit, things are closing down. Let's I bought go. a bar at IKEA. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, I did. knew. I bought a bar. That bar and then we amazing. went to the saloon, and danced. And we danced. Yeah. Oh, that's that's sick. Yeah, I re- yeah, and I remember being on the phone with the with my host in LA and she was the two of us were talking we're like should we do this or like should we just cancel it and i'm like we should just record it because and i i remember specifically going, we should just record it we should get it done and record the pilot right now because who knows this might still be going on in may but <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow what a year it's been oh. um somehow we're all still here um a couple of last things, if, if you guys are cool, because we're already past our 30 minute mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. We didn't well, even talk about. Yeah, 
No, no. I mean, I just wanted to bring up something that I, I don't know if Shar and Ange actively know this, but I definitely try and keep the podcast separate from my work life. Like I don't really talk about it at work. If people bring it up or ask me, it's cool, but it's just not, it's just not something I'm like, Oh yeah, this is that maybe it's not like band camp. Like, Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> never, never. Although sometimes I want to, I'm like, Oh, we've had them on. I um, anyway. bite my tongue a lot too. Cause I'm like, yeah. nah, I don't want to, I'm not a douche. Like, whatever. I know, I know. I'm not trying to one up, but, um, so I was in these like actually serious workshops last week for work. Cause everything's real serious. And, um, one of our, uh, like directors of, um, cur- cur- curatorial, um, he was like, yeah, well, I actually, I just want to say, I, I listened to, to Aaron's podcast. You know, I, I knew that she's done it and, you know, I, I just, I know her from work. And I mean, he said this to a group of people that like some people in the group are really familiar that I do this, whatever. And some just don't know anything about it. It's fine. And, um, and he's like, well, I feel really like I really got to know Aaron. Like I just I, now oh I know which episode. Our latest, our last basic bitch about Megan and Harry and all that stuff. Okay. I, and in my face, I was like, just like clenching my teeth, like, <laughs> oh great, it's great. I'm so glad. Um, but uh, it was, it's just, <laughs> it's just like really nerve wracking. But it also was really sweet. I mean, he listened to the whole episode, and he's like it all comes back to Oprah. And I'm like, Oh my God, he listened from like beginning to end. So yeah, that's what Ange said. I think like at the end of the show. So that was interesting. It was just, uh, I do too. It's funny. I do too, because I'm like, I don't know, depending on what episode, and this is what I love about our podcast, depending on what episode, like you get a real different sense of who we are from different episodes. Oh, easily. (laughs) Sometimes we're real serious and, and you know, have a the sleeping negro conversation right back to and that sometimes we're yeah. you know drinking on my balcony and talking about like having sex with lisa bonet and lenny kravitz right so it's just like it just it's a toss-up it's a or or i disappear uh getting pizza and uh <laughs> don't come back for 45 minutes and i'm i'm hammered from a giant's parade so or, you know that was I don't know how many years ago. Or we argue about what the hole in the turkey is called. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Where's the turkey anus? Turkey or, anus. I'm sorry, I'll bring up one more. Erin talks about farting. Yeah. I, hey, how I'm she gassy. farts. That's over... that one. I, yeah, let's not talk about yeah. that. <laughs> I, farting I, techniques I, while in public. I'll well, just leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, sorry. <laughs> sorry for Nobody, being human. We're flawed. That's the thing. I mean, well, oh, oh, are we? Oh, well, it's, and I don't. Thanks, thanks for clarifying, Ange. I don't mean this in a. I, when I say this, I don't mean it in a bad way. But sometimes I don't realize how it sounds when I say it. But I tell like when people are like, "Oh, I listened to your shows when you were talking," and I'm like, "Oh, really?" And I'm like, "Really?" I'm honestly, you know, flattered and surprised. And um, and and then my ans- my my kind of stock answer is like. I don't think anybody listens and it's mm-hmm. not, and I don't say that in the way that I don't like somebody said to me once or like, Oh, you run a production company. Uh, how do your clients feel about that? And I'm like, that's not what I mean. I mean that it's like, what we do is just, I, 
to me, I don't think that anybody cares enough, you know, to listen. Not that we don't have any listeners, but that's how I have to do it in order for me to be able to just talk the way that we talk. Correct. I think it's a survival technique. Um, and thankfully, you know, when we were just on that podcast, what is it called? The Honest Uproar. Yeah. Right. Talking about being child free. And, and she's, she called us co-workers. And I thought that was really funny. Technically, we are, obviously, but we're not. We're friends that are <laughs> right now sitting and just catching up. And that's how I have to feel. Otherwise, yes, I certainly cannot talk about half of what, what I do. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Whatever, you know, it doesn't. We're, we're, it we're it actually doesn't matter. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but and I, I used to have to get blackout drunk to record these. Now That's I right. just get buzzed. So. Yeah. And you have grown. Listen. Yeah. You have grown. You listen and you're like, you have comments and feedback and <laughs> it's good. It took, hey, it, it, it took it, it, some time. It took five yes, years, right? It did. Yeah, I mean, it took basically the whole time. It took no, until the pandemic. A couple years ago, I started not having to, you know, panic anyway, attacks. We, we should get to our moment of pleasure. Oh, oh, shit. I forgot about that. I well, did, I'll, too, but we have I'll, to continue it. I, I can do it because um, I talked to you guys about this the other day. So my birthday was weird this year. Fine. It's, I think that's just going to be the ongoing thing for my birthday. Every March is going to be a little fucked up. Um, but I, I promised myself on my birthday I was going to go buy a very specific record <laughs> at a local uh, record shop here. And I did, and it's um, the last D'Angelo uh, record that he recorded. Ooh. Yeah, and it's four records, which is fucking rad. There's like two songs per side. It's so good. And so that the moment of pleasure was going to do that and making like, I made my own date for myself. Like you're gonna go, even though your fiance is laid up, he's like, just go do you. The moment of pleasure, not only just buying that album and being in a record store um, was that Milk Bar across the street had comedy going on. Oh, and was it comedy I, and pizza? Their comedy and pizza. I mean, are oh. we going to go there? Oh, you can't share. Okay. The homeless <laughs> guy eating pizza. Oh. <laughs> he only has the, the best luck for anybody that doesn't I really know, just do. She just it's, has the best luck. Yeah. I just have to <laughs> laugh about it all the time. No, there was no, there was no pizza this time, but they just had comedy and it was this woman doing comedy and they had a space and I sat there and ordered one glass of wine and felt normal and watched. Oh. Fucking, I watched like I felt bad because I was like, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. But I think I, I watched the whole show. It's like four or five different comics and it felt normal. Oh, what I would give to be there with you. The side note, which I was like, man, people still are fucking stupid at comedy shows. One table talking the entire time. My favorite fucking thing in the entire world. It's OK. I let it roll off my back. So moment of pleasure was buying a record and watching comedy on my birthday so wow that's a really good one it's good all right i'll go he's i'll i'll just make it simple um moment of pleasures i'm excited for south by this is our first time it's I, it, it's our first time being a part of it and um we've talked about this for years you know this is like the festival that we've always wanted to go to you know, unfortunately, we're not uh, going to to Austin, but oh, this day. this will I mean, like our foot in the door and being accepted and getting in and getting credentialed out for it. And then um, 
I don't know. It's like, yeah, we were just talking about how busy and crazy things are, but there is some kind of energy, you know, like you know, the energy that we always look forward to, like on the press lines when we're at Sundance or we're at any festival or any, any, um, any event, uh, like seeing all the emails come in and all the, and us booking stuff and seeing our schedule get filled and the things that we're going to be doing, uh, mm. you know, over the next week is exciting. And so I, I, uh, yeah, I got kind of like, a, you know, like, like, yeah, a moment of pleasure, you know, bolt of energy, you know, this morning when we woke up and we're like, holy crap, look at all this stuff that just kind of exploded on our lap when we didn't know what we like. We just kind of were like, we don't know what we're going to do this week. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like two days ago. We're like, we don't know. That was Saturday. That was literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is exciting. We're going to have a nice little bunch of interviews. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that for sure. So, my moment of pleasure was watching the performance of Wet Ass Pussy at the Grammys with my mom, <laughs> my 78-year-old mom. And she was like, oh, you can see all their puets, which, you know, in Tagalog, that means butts. Um, and I was like, do I explain to her what the song's about? Or I was just like, yeah, well, it's appropriate for the song, mom. And we just, you know, enjoyed watching it together. So that's my moment of pleasure. <laughs> I didn't watch the Grammys. I guess I have to find it somewhere. People are talking about it. It was good. I enjoyed okay. it. I mean, right. Trevor Noah, duh, I love the guy. And I just like how it was different. Like the Golden Globes were so janky, I thought. I mean, our 500th episode performance was produced better <laughs> than the Golden Globes. I'm sorry. I'll just, I, I'll just say that. that oh, okay. Because I was going to ask, because watching, I didn't watch all of the Grammys last night, but I watched a good chunk of it. Um, and it, I wasn't, I don't know. I was just expecting it to be like every other, you know, COVID award show where it was virtual with nobody there and no audience. And I was like, just like pleasantly surprised to see like, oh, there's people there. Mm-hmm. They're doing it live. Mm-hmm. So how did they do that? Did they did they do that for Golden Globes? Because I didn't see Golden Globes. No, they had, well, well yeah, they yeah. had, they had, so they had um, Tina Fey, and I was going to say Leslie Nope, not Leslie. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not Amy Schumer. <laughs> uh, Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. Thank you. Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Tina Fey was in New York and um, Amy Poehler was in LA. So they did a split screen of their stage. And then I think Tina Fey was, she, she was still in the room that they normally did the Golden Globes at, but they had um, t- uh, two top tabletops of uh frontline workers and they were all masked um and separated out so that was cool i thought that was fine um but it just was it was just weird because like if they went to like before they're going to commercial they're going to go to like a group of people who are nominated for certain character um character okay good night everybody uh category thank you they would have them on the screen like a zoom you know, side by side, a bunch of photos or photos, video, but um, like they didn't give them direction while they were holding for that minute before they no, go. So, yeah. So everyone's like, oh, hey, uh, hey, Al Pacino, who looks fucking still like a homeless 
alcoholic, I guess. <laughs> it was like one person trying to hold court with Al Pacino, like one of the actors. And of course, Al Pacino doesn't know Zoom, let's be honest. So he's just sitting there like, okay, are we on? Are we not? <laughs> and like, then you have younger, younger people under a certain age that like understand what Zoom is. So they're trying to interact. It was just really, it wasn't huh. good. Yeah, 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 and that's what I like. It's a very long way around saying it was fine, but not really. Yeah, and and we've just watched that already. You know, I was just hoping for more. Which the Grammys, at least, like all of the live performances, they were basically all in this big warehouse performing for each other. Like all the bands were in one room, and then the camera would pan over to the band that's playing, and then like you know, so so that was cool. They were all just kind of jamming in this room together. All the musicians that were performing performing live. And yeah, Lizzo said bitch on mic. That was awesome. Uh, I just, yeah, I enjoyed it. I have to say, I I think that I know it probably costs the most money, but I still think the best virtual thing I've seen still is the inauguration night. Mm -hmm. I thought that was the best. I mean, obviously you're not going to do fireworks at every show, but I thought that felt like the best. Yeah, I don't know. Best produced, and yeah. Best produced pandemic live show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but you know, I'm sure they had a huge budget, or maybe they didn't. I don't know. But, anyways, that was your 45 minutes of pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, women took the top four. Women took the top four categories at the Grammys, so that's fucking cool. For best album, was Taylor Swift, whatever. Um, uh, best record was Billie Eilish. Best uh, song of the year was her, and best new oh. artist was Meg Meg Thee Stallion. So, women took the top four. So that's right. fucking cool. Yeah, I'll take it. We'll take it when we can. You know. Yeah, it's so funny about her. My brother told Jeff and I about her years ago, and he kept telling us about she's out of Oakland. She spells it this way. Like he saw her at a small club. I don't know where. A million. And every time I hear about her, I always think about my brother. I'm like, ah, he knew. Yeah, yeah she grew up in she grew up in Vallejo. So ah. yeah. Close, very close to home. Back here. Yeah. Anyways, that's our uh, 45 minutes more or plus. I don't even know. What are we at right now? I think that was an hour almost. <laughs> an hour of your basic bitch. So we really don't see each other. So this is really yeah, been a little don't... longer than usual. Sorry. Yeah. And there's so much going on still in the world. There's just so much. So um thanks for listening and uh enjoy all of our South by Southwest content because that's coming at you hard and fast. Oh pleasure. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.